Hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 78. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. Well, it has been an amazing year plus of podcasting, and while most of my listeners are in the United States, I do have some listeners all over the world. In fact, I have been ranking in now 41 countries, which is really cool. And today's featured review actually comes from Latvia. So thank you for Milken's Milken, (laughs) who is listening in Latvia. And she writes, making life management so much easier. As a new mom of a one-year-old, I am just starting to accept that things just won't run the same as before. It's going to take planning and scheduling to make sure everyone's needs are met. The house isn't a constant mess, and I get a moment to catch up on my own self-care as well. So Emily's actionable tips have helped me immensely to juggle all things work, home, and family life. Thank you, Emily. Well, thank you so much for the review. And today we're going to be talking all about planning. So hopefully that'll be fun for everyone. And if you would like to leave me a written review, I would so, so greatly appreciate it. It's how other women all over the world can find the show. So in Apple Podcasts, if you go to my podcast and then you go down to these little purple writing. It says write a review. I would greatly appreciate it. And who knows, yours might be featured on the show as well. So today we're talking about intentional planning to combat overwhelm. And we have a return guest, our very first return guest, Sarah Horgan from Simple and Intentional. Sarah is a full-time teacher, mom and wife, who is passionate about helping women change their lives through decluttering. And after a cancer diagnosis in 2014, she discovered her perfectionism and people-pleasing were holding her back, creating a lot of overwhelm. That's when she discovered minimalism and slowly started getting rid of things. Then she became a mom in 2018, and it forced her to examine her relationship with stuff. She had a big purge and hasn't looked back, and now she's helping other moms deal with their clutter, get organized, and create systems and routines to make life easier. So I have all the links for Sarah and her website and her Instagram, which is fabulous, on the show notes for today. And I know you're going to love this conversation. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen, and let's dive into today's conversation with Sarah Horgan. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Well, hi, Sarah. Welcome back (laughs) to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I'm so happy to be talking with you today. Thanks, Emily. I'm so happy to be back. I always love our chats. Yeah. So you are my first guest and I have been doing this now for a little bit longer, but Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we can chat together again because 
You have been doing awesome with your own podcast and I have been loving it and listening to it. And oh, I would you. say if anyone is like, what? Sarah has a podcast. <laughs> yes. And you can just stop our conversation and go binge it and come back. That's the lovely thing about podcasts. So I know that you <laughs> kind of introduced yourself a little bit last time around for those who have not listened to that mm-hmm. conversation. Can you kind of introduce yourself a little bit, you know, you, your family and kind of how in this season you are helping and serving um, the moms out there? Sure. Yeah. So I am a full-time teacher. I teach kindergarten and I have a five-year-old daughter and I'm married. I live in Canada and Toronto and yeah, my season of life right now is very busy teaching kindergarten, having a kindergarten age child (laughs) and my husband and I have quite opposite work schedules. So a lot of what I have learned and now teach has like really developed out of my own necessity to figure it out for myself because, you know, I solo parent a lot of the time. Um, I have a really busy overstimulating job and, you know, just to keep on top of all the stuff, I've like really figured out a lot of systems that have helped me. And, and then when I realized mainly after decluttering, how life-changing it was and how much it simplified things and just really, you know, like you can do all the systems and all the organization, but really I find like the too much stuff and that's the physical stuff, the schedule, the mental, like all that stuff, you can organize it to death, but if you don't get rid of some of it, then you never really get ahead. So that was just so life-changing for me that that's when I started Simple Intentional as a blog and now my Instagram and my podcast. And um, now I work with women and I will be putting together, I haven't figured out exactly when it's going to be coming, but I'm going to be doing a class on building capsule wardrobes. So I've just sort of figured out as that people need help that I've been able to teach this. And so I've just, yeah, that's sort of how it's come about. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. And I know that that's something that the moms that I work with, they're always wanting to simplify their wardrobes and make it easy. And you and I have both both done um, your color guru and kind of help us with the color cards and everything. And that has been really cool. I know that was my next level tool that I've just, and it's been so great as well. Yeah. Yeah. Totally simplifies shopping, which is great. And today we are going to be talking about planning, which is actually something I have kind of a love hate relationship Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I always feel so much better when I do plan and use my planner and kind of have that peace of mind going into the day or going into the week, but has been really hard for me to do it consistently. Like Mm -hmm. there are some habits that I'm very consistent about. Planning is not one of them. So sometimes I am totally the, it's five o'clock. I have no idea what I'm making for dinner or you look and you're like, wait, what's going on today? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I am really looking forward to talking about planning and then also how we can be more intentional with our planning, knowing that there is that connection really between anxiety and overwhelm and having that plan. So you're not being reactive and you're being proactive. Yes. I can't wait to dive into that. And I was just curious with your teacher mindset and I'm Mm -hmm. a daughter of a teacher 
have great respect for teachers. And my youngest at the time of recording is starting kindergarten soon. So I have massive respect for kindergarten teachers. So exciting. <laughs> you have to plan, right? There's planning periods. Yeah. You know, it's it's huge. If you have a substitute come in, you, you have to do even more planning to make sure that yeah. they're taken care of. So planning is probably kind of part of your DNA from a professional standpoint. Yeah. But how has planning kind of changed from like before you were a mom to after? Like what was that transition for you with mm-hmm. how you implement planning in your life? Yeah. So it's interesting you say that about teaching because something that's a little bit different about where I teach is we have like a, it's an inquiry-based school. So I'm not quite as structured as maybe a traditional teacher. Like we do things very responsibly. I think I said responsibly, but it sounded like responsibly, but I meant responsibly anyways. (laughs) And what I found is actually that's helped me a lot because, um, you know, when you mentioned a few minutes ago about how it's something you don't do consistently or you struggle with, I think that planning is something that we have to think about as something we'll be flexible with as moms. And that's something I've definitely learned doing this sort of responsive curriculum with kids is that I have like a big picture idea of things and I know what's important. And then when it comes to the details, you know, I can kind of roll with it. And so that's really helped me in motherhood and with planning because I have a big picture idea. I know my why, I know what I'm working towards. I know, you know, like personally and as far as my family goes and, you know, then like with relationships and things that extend outside of our household, I have this sort of big picture idea and I can think, okay, I know what's important right now and then start to work on the details. So I think before I was a mom, I didn't really have to plan the same way that I do now. And I think that that's the biggest difference is that, you know, um, I had so much freedom over my time. And, you know, if I was tired, I could just take a nap or like, you know, cancel something. And now you can't really back out of things the same way, you know, because it's like, okay, if I decide not to do this today, when am I going to do it? And then what is that going to mean for all the other pieces of the puzzle? So I think that there's other things outside of planning that I've used to like sort of optimize my energy and that sort of thing that help, but that really like intensity that can come with parenthood is this gift And that's how I try to view it. Like I got pushed into being better at setting boundaries, getting more intentional with my time and like getting off that sort of hamster wheel of being unfocused and overstimulated because that's what happens to me when I feel like I don't have a plan. And it can be a really simple plan because I think that having, I mean, different personalities, different things, but for most of us, we need to have sort of a simple basic plan of what's important. And then the other stuff is like, great if it happens, but that, yeah. So that's kind of how I look at it is that I've been forced into figuring out my priorities and then being able to hone in on what's important. Yeah. There's nothing like becoming a parent to really have, you have to be super strategic (laughs) 
and intentional with your time. And before we recorded, you were talking about your daughter kind of wanting to spend time with you and always be with mom. And so when there are certain things that you were thinking were going to get done or planned that you wanted to get done that require sort of that focused, quiet time, then sometimes that can get derailed. But Mm -hmm. I love how you have that foundation of your why whether that be sort of those non-negotiables that need to happen and you're getting those in there first, or I've heard them called sort of like the, the big rocks where you kind of fill the jar, right. With the big rocks and then all the little pebbles are able to kind of um, go around it. But yeah, I totally agree. And that helps anchor me with my planning, but also like that flexibility of knowing, okay, well, maybe I didn't get some of these other things accomplished or in the way I wanted, but the foundational things, the foundational habits and things that I have in place, I know exactly where those are going in the day. And so that that's okay. And I guess, you know, as far as like intentional living, which is something that you're very focused on and you speak a lot to besides kind of knowing what your kind of core values are and maybe making sure those are implemented first what are some of those practices that you use from a planning perspective to make sure that that is happening? And then you can also, I guess, have that flexibility that you were speaking to. So what's sort of the tactical practices that you use? Yeah. So it's funny, like there's a few different ways that I think you can approach this. I think about planning being an extension of being intentional because it's really just taking what you say you want and then putting it to action. So you're sort of thinking about how you're going to follow through on it. And so one, you can think about it big picture. Like what do you envision doing with your time and what do you envision your days being like and basically how you want to live your life, you know, so you can think about it on that big level. Like maybe you want to have more experiences and connect more with friends and family do more, like get out of town more often and like, you know, just be, uh, instead of like sort of being around home. So that could be one thing that then you can think about, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make a plan for the month. And I think like, you know, two trips out of town a month, like day trips or whatever is good. And then sort of figure it out and take the time to sort of plot it in the bigger picture. And then, you know, that you're going to start living that way because you've made the plan and you've, you know, set it in place and, and it's, there. So that's sort of a big picture. You know, like for me, I recently started taking a dance class because like for a long time I was like, oh, I really want to do that. I love dance. I used to do it when I was younger. And, you know, I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. So I actually just was like, okay, (laughs) I'm going to do it. And, you know, found a place, found a time and like schedule that worked. And and now I've been doing it, you know, again, flexibly, like things come up, you know, it's not, you know, I can change it every week, but that you've kind of like made this decision, found the details of it, plotted it in. Another thing I think is you can kind of think about it as like, who is the person you want to become? And what does she do? Part of the person that I am as someone who's active and fit and I want to be someone who meditates and is present and again, like not being reactive to my life, but like being able to approach it from a calmer place. And so I start my day acting that way by exercising and meditating. And sometimes I add more onto that. Like I might write in my journal or do some writing or whatever. And that's sort of like my morning routine. 
And I do that most of the time, (laughs) you know, like you said, things come up like, you know, summer I found very intense (laughs) and in, you know, a way that I'm trying to really think of as like a beautiful thing, but my daughter just wants to be with me every moment. And so my mornings haven't been as calm and peaceful as they are during the work, the work year. But, you know, if I'm getting those two things and they're connected to who I want to become and I'm doing them consistently and I'm planning them in. And then I'm also being flexible. So like if, you know, the workout gets derailed in the morning, I'm making a plan for doing it a little bit later. It might not be as easy for me, but I'm still going to like stick to it. So there's uh, that way you could also like link it to decluttering, you know, setting aside 15 minutes a day, whenever pick a good time for yourself to do that. And then you're just sort of like, consistently being this person. And it's not about hitting a goal or achieving anything. It's just about this is who I am and this is how I live. I think like you can also use it to be intentional about your time and about getting things done in a way that makes life easier. So, you know, you might plan like let's say you have to go to the grocery store and the hardware store and the gas station, you might separate those tasks because like, oh, the gas station's on the way to the grocery store. I'm going to like lump those things together and I'll do the hardware store another day. And just like, I mean, this is simple stuff, but if we're not like thinking about it or being really intentional, like how many times have you gone to the grocery store and then a couple days later you end up going to the gas station and you could have just like, lumped them together. So it's like this little stuff that takes, you know, 10, 15 minutes to sort of sit down and just like dump out on paper and then plot it out. But it really does make our life easier. And it allows us to like hold on to the things that matter to us and to do them regularly. So I really think that we also like, in a weird way can sort of in the pursuit of doing things really perfectly can run ourselves into the ground. So it's also like figuring out what's necessary, what could be let go of, and what could we like shuffle around too, because our schedules, I think, can get like overly packed. And so, yeah, just what can you let go of as well? And things can feel urgent, I think, but they're not. <laughs> so, yeah, I think so that- many great points. So many, so many strategies. That's really helpful. (laughs) One of the things you mentioned that I was thinking about the planner I use, I've talked about it before, the Thriving in Motherhood planner. One Mm -hmm. of the things that she does in there is have context-based to-dos. So you have Mm -hmm. phone, computer, errand, so forth. So like you said, if you're kind of brain dumping that all in one place, you know, within your planner, then when you're doing errands, then you know, okay, I need to go to these like three or four places. And I think she got that from April Perry. And I think she's at learn, do, become, or something like that. Anyway, I I just, I like how that's incorporated into the planner I use. And I love the identity-based habits that James Clear talks about that you and I have mentioned, but then also kind of extending that to planning Yeah, as it is really starting from who who am I or who do I want to become? And I'm sort of in this weird season now as we're recording and that a few short weeks from now, my youngest is going to kindergarten. So whereas I used to have like two-ish hours every weekday to do all the things I wanted to do, and it's been like that for seven years. Yeah. (laughs) 
now I'm like, whoa, like things are going to shift so much for me. And there's anxiety in two different ways for me. And I'm sure I'm not alone. There's the anxiety of if I don't plan anything, then I don't like having things be too unstructured because I, I hate the feeling like I'm wasting time. And I feel like as moms, ever the moment you become a mom and your time is no longer your own, Yes. Any time that you do have to do anything to manage your business or home or self-care or anything is so precious. Yeah. You don't want to like screw it up. <laughs> yeah, totally. So now it's like, I have more of it and yeah. I've been waiting for this for so long, but there's the anxiety over like, oh my gosh, am I going to do this right? Like I want to make sure yeah. I'm planning properly, but then also wanting to make sure I don't over schedule myself because then you have the anxiety and overwhelm from scheduling too much and then you're stretched too thin and exceeding your capacity yeah. and so forth. So what do you see, I guess, as the connection? I kind of see a tension on both sides of the spectrum there, but between planning and you know the anxiety and the overwhelm that our moms that are listening to this are experiencing, how can planning help reduce the anxiety and overwhelm? How do we make sure we're not over scheduling ourselves? Do you have any tips on that? Yeah. So the first thing is I totally hear what you're saying about the like, it is kind of like a time scarcity thing, right? Like we were used to just being like really good with the small amount of time and getting a lot done. And so to like sort of release yourself from that, like productivity kind of thing, I actually experience this a lot because as a teacher, it's interesting. You have this like change to summer and then this change back to fall. And so in a weird way, I go through this like every year where there's like a little bit of anxiety about returning because you're like, oh, my freedom and like this shift in schedule. But what I've learned uh, after doing this and it also like, you know, with holidays and March break and that sort of thing, like is that it's really good when you have a shift like that to like, just allow yourself some time to not really do anything and not be really scheduled and not worry about the time being wasted. Because when you were really busy, you would have like wished for that time to be able to just like sit and do nothing or not be scheduled or just relax. And I I mean, I have to tell myself this all the time because I feel the same thing you do, but I remind myself of that. Like, you know, when you're working and you're feeling so tired and so busy and you're just like yearning for that slower pace, then when the slower pace comes, we're not always really good at adapting to it. And like, it's just sort of a mindset thing. I think about reminding yourself, okay, I'm just getting used to this. I'm just like settling into this and I'm figuring it out and it's going to take me time to like adjust my schedule and figure out what feels good um, now. And then like try to release some of that sort of productivity mindset. So for sure. And then I think everybody feels better with a plan. (laughs) Like I say this to kids all the time, you know, if you're worried about something, let's make a plan because then, you know, like, let's think about it. What are you worried about? And then what are the steps that we can do to alleviate that? Or like, can we think of like worst case scenario, whatever. But so I think that if you can dump everything out of your brain, figure out what the things that are important to you are, and then figure out when you're going to do them and try it out. And especially with like a big change in schedule like that, but like you might try something 
and it might not work. And then, you know, you have to make some shifts because same thing, like I headed into summer and I was like, oh, I'm going to like have this summer routine and I'm going to do all these things and da, 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 da. And, you know, this year didn't work out as well as I thought it would, but also like, you know, you got to try things out and say, okay, I'm going to get up at this time every day and then I'm going to exercise, but actually maybe like, you know, a shift in half an hour feels better. So I think writing it out and having the plan and then trying it out and just like, figuring out what actually works and allowing yourself that sort of like time to process things and, and figure it out. Cause in the long term, it's like those small actions and those small changes that like really stick. And so if you can get like one part of the day really nailed down and then you start to work on the next and the next. So yeah. I think that might've been like a long answer to that. No, no, no. I was, as I like to say, nodding my head vigorously. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that you said that really clicked for me, because I always as a writer, and I know that you, even though we're in this audio medium now, which is kind of funny, we're both writers and processing my thoughts and my emotions through writing really helps me. But just like you said, like, making that plan, realizing that when we don't have a plan, it's just swirling around in our head. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier to be in that victim mentality yeah. about what's going on in our circumstances. But one of the other things that kind of clicked for me when you were talking about like what's going on, like what's not working so we can make a plan for it, even for kids, yeah, um, is this exercise I learned about years ago called the seven levels deep exercise, where you ask yourself why. So in this case, why am I feeling anxious about meal planning, which is an example, because I feel like I don't, you know, have enough time to make meals. Well, why do you feel like you don't have enough time to make meals? Essentially you get the answer. Then you ask why to that question and you go seven levels Mm -hmm. or whatever is going to help you get to that root issue, which is probably going to be different than what you originally thought. But then as you're kind of doing some of that self-inquiry, you can be like, okay, so the issue is actually that the kids are really crazy right before dinner. And so I feel stressed when I'm making the meal. Well, what would be a solution? In our house, we use screen time very strategically. So my kids are watching a show while I make dinner because I don't want them anywhere near me. Bless their hearts. (laughs) Yes. But it's being able to say like, what about this planning is, you know, causing me anxiety and then being able to really do that self-inquiry to figure that out. So that's one way that I try to reduce the anxiety and overwhelm that I feel around not having a plan, you know, and then, yeah, so. It's not only like anxiety, but it's like friction too, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, where's the part that's like causing stress or causing, you know, whatever, like lack of focus. Like I, I totally get that too, because as soon as I say this to my daughter all the time, I cannot be a good listener right now. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to do this one thing, but if you talk to me the entire time that I'm doing it, it takes me longer, but I also can't be a good listener. And you know, that hasn't really stuck yet, (laughs) but I hope that in years to come, she'll understand. Mm -hmm. I, I have, I just, you just gave me a great idea. My oldest is the talker. Mm. So we'll just get them on FaceTime. Oh we yeah. Can just talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can do what we need to do because they'll just yeah. talk to each other and then we'll be free. <laughs> I know. It's like 
I'm so highly social. I totally get where she gets yeah. it from. But yeah, yeah, the like, are we going to have a play date today? Who are we going to see? What uh-huh. are we going to do? <laughs> but she really likes planning, especially for play dates. So she there does, you go. actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I hear all the time, and I know you do from the women that you serve, is if there's a number one pain point around decluttering or planning or anything that we are doing in our mom lives it is lack of time or yeah. the perception that something is going to take too much time to be able yeah. to do. So when people join my Facebook group, I say, what's the number one thing, you know, about decluttering? No time. We don't have enough time. No time, no time. Yeah. And so when it comes to planning, sometimes people think, okay, Sarah and Emily, this all sounds great. And yes, I make the plan. I try to stick to it. Mm-hmm. I'm flexible, but like, I don't have the time to sit down every Sunday and plan out my entire week and talk to my husband or partner and get them on board or whatever. So if you had a a mom that was saying, yeah, that sounds great, but planning takes too much time. Can you kind of counter that mindset block as far as like how, because we're all about starting small. I know you are, Yes. Um, how (laughs) you can start small with starting to plan. So it doesn't seem that overwhelming. Yeah, I totally get that. I think there's two things. One, I think it's really interesting to actually like notice how much time something takes you. I don't know if you've ever done this because I I don't know, like this is a little game I have with myself actually. (laughs) So, but I'll go out and I'll have a limited amount of time to do things, especially if I'm not with my daughter and I'm like going to run a few tasks and sometimes it'll get like really close to the time I need to be home. And I still have like one more thing to do. And then I'm like, oh no, I don't have time to do that. And then I'm like, no, you do. And then I like make myself try it. (laughs) So I'll start driving towards the place or whatever. And like nine times out of 10, I have enough time to do it and I get home perfectly in time. And so it's sort of this challenge that I've like made for myself where I say, like I do have enough time and then I prove it. So what I, one thing I would encourage people to do is the next time you feel overwhelmed about the amount of stuff you have to do, look at how long it actually takes you to do it. Because I'm constantly amazed at how much I can accomplish in a short amount of time. And I really like to recognize that because it's like the days that you feel down or you're like, oh, I'm not doing anything or I'm not being productive. You can say, I accomplish so much. I do so much. Look at how amazing it is that the other day I like packed a suitcase and I'm, you know, cause I'm in the midst of this like insanity of packing for a trip, but I packed a suitcase. I made a list. I did groceries. I did this. And like, you actually do all of this stuff and you do it and you're like, we're so organized. We're so good at this. Like, even if you don't feel like you're an organized person, I guarantee that you, if you were a mother, you were like multitasking and doing an incredible amount of things in a day that you're not even recognizing. So first I would say, just notice how long things take and then congratulate yourself for like how much you do because you do a lot. And then the second thing is I actually created this daily planning sheet. And funny enough, I sort of took in my brain, like my process and made it for a client and mapped out how to plan daily. And it's really simple. So first step, I would say when you're just beginning is if you haven't read the book, eat that frog by Brian Tracy, I really, really love it. But the idea is so simple and effective and it's essentially eat your frog first. So figure out what is the hardest 
but most important task that you have to do in a day and do it first. Do it early in the day. Don't put it off. Don't give yourself a chance to put it off and just deal with it right away. So once you've accomplished the frog, you feel great. Like, you know, you've done the hardest thing, you know, you've done something important. And, and then from there, you know, it's just kind of like whatever else happens, (laughs) you know, you don't have to worry too much. But then if you wanted to add a step onto that, I would say you want to figure out three priorities, like after the frog, what are your top three priorities? And then make sure you hit those. And then once you've worked a little while with the frog and the priorities, then you can start time blocking your three priorities. So like that is basically choosing a time in the day and scheduling it for how long it's going to take. So, you know, your workout is going to be eight to eight 30 AM. You know, if you're a writer like us and you want to do some writing time, like, okay, that's going to be 1 PM to 2 PM. And then the third priority might be like a household thing. Like, I don't know. I still have to clean out the cooler from my campaign trip. So maybe that that's on there. And I'm going to give myself 20 minutes and you block it in there like four to four twenty. So you're just starting to practice the idea of like really scheduling things with a time. And then from there, you can start to expand the time blocking to your whole day and slotting and all those things. But as long as you kind of keep highlighted, like, okay, you know, the frog and you know, the priorities, then you know, you're going to get the things done that matter and that need to get done. You don't want to be like derailing yourself to something that feels urgent which is so easy because we get all these dings, all these notifications, all these things, emails like, oh, that thing arrived. I got to go pick it up. But like, you don't actually have to immediately leap up and go do that to make yourself feel productive. You know, you can feel productive by lining up with the things that matter, not necessarily what feels good to check off a list. Yeah. It's funny. I have heard of that book before and the concept. I'm like, frog like why did they have to pick the frog or like when they talk about eating an elephant one bite at yeah. a time I'm like these poor frogs and elephants like why can't we pick something that but the point is it's not something that you want to be yeah. <laughs> I'm like why couldn't it be like a chocolate cake or something totally. that's easy <laughs> oh my gosh but I love the time audit concept for me it's usually cleaning or vacuuming Mm -hmm. that I have the perception that it's going to take so much time. Mm -hmm. And then if I actually time it, I'm like, oh, that only took me like 10 minutes and I had been putting it off. So I have done that with cleaning. And also you just reminded me that one of the productivity, I guess, softwares I use for my workflow for podcasting and such is called um, MeisterTask. Mm-hmm. And for each like task that you do, there's a timer. So if I'm saying I'm going to outline a blog post or write up podcast stuff, then I can actually time myself while I'm in my workflow and see, oh, well, I thought that took me two hours. Looks like it's only like an average of an hour. And then you can kind of see, you know, kind of where your your time is going. So I really love that idea. And then focusing on that frog (laughs) and the three priorities, again, that concept of like the anchors or the big rocks or the things. And the celebrating, I'm all about that, just kind of celebrating the wins, no matter how small they are and recognizing all the things that we we actually do. So that is all good stuff. I think those thoughts of like, yeah, just flipping the switch in your brain to be like, okay, 
like, I'm going to give myself a boost of something good right now and recognize the things that we do, because I don't think we do that enough. And especially when it comes to the sort of day-to-day stuff, you know, it's, it's really important. Like you can recognize the skills you have behind those tasks. Like, wow, you're so good at organizing your time or wow. Like you could think of that big picture thing and shrink it down into these steps. And then you executed it and like, just start to sort of recognize all the amazing things, you know, it's good practice. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My daughter's gotten on the eat the frog now too. (laughs) She says, mommy, is that the frog? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. You're going to be fine. Yeah. I'm sure my, my boys, if they talk about eating, they'll be like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. Mom, you're going to go eat a frog. Like boy, mom over here. Yeah. Well, this was really, really helpful, both from a mindset perspective and then also just from the tactical aspect. So thank you so much. You're You're helping me more than you know, and I would love it if you could just let everyone know kind of the best way to connect with you or if they wanted to find maybe some of those planning sheets that you were talking about, kind of the best way for them to find that. Yeah. So um, like I mentioned, I wasn't as productive this summer as I hoped. So those web pages will hopefully be um, up you know, coming soon, but certainly you can always reach out to me on Instagram and DM me if you're interested in anything like that. I have planning pages. I'm going to be running a capsule wardrobe class. So like, I really, you can totally just send me a message and I can connect you with those things easily. And in the near future, they will be up on my website, which is simpleintentional.com. You can also find me through my podcast, which is Simple Intentional. And you can find that anywhere that podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. So yeah. yeah. Well, thank you again. I'll make sure to link up to everything so everyone can find it easily. Yeah. And thank you for being my first return guest. (laughs) (laughs) You're so welcome. It was wonderful. Thank you for asking me. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.